This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome to the Sharkpreneur podcast with Kevin Harrington and Seth Green. Kevin Harrington is the inventor of the infomercial, one of the original sharks from the hit TV show Shark Tank, and has generated over $5 billion in TV and digital direct response sales. Seth Green is the world's first trusted authority on cutting edge direct response marketing, a best-selling author, and the only three-time Marketer of the Year nominee. On the podcast, Kevin and Seth interview sharkpreneurs who share straight talk on what it takes to explode your business. Do you want to become insanely successful? Do you want to be the go-to guru in your industry? Do you want to be talked about for all the right reasons? For over 40 years, Kevin Harrington has helped people just like you become significant influencers. Now he's broken the process down in the key person of influence roadmap, and it's yours for free. Just text KPI to him at 727-888-2100. Text KPI to 727-888-2100 right now and claim your free step-by-step guide. Text KPI to 727-888-2100 to get the recognition you deserve and experience the success as the go-to voice everyone listens to in your industry. Welcome to the Sharkpreneur Podcast. This is your co-host, Seth Green. Today, I've got the good fortune to be interviewing Zachary Babcock, CEO and founder of Underdog Empowerment. He is the host of the Underdog Empowerment top-rated podcast on Apple when it comes to finding a way to win, founder and CEO of underdogempowerment.com, Zachary Babcock is your man. We're going to talk about his incredible journey from five years in prison to building a multiple six-figure business. Zach has a broad perspective from both extremes of life. Zach, thanks so much for joining us. Dude, Seth, I'm uh, really excited to be here, man. I enjoyed uh, having you on the show last week. Yes, I greatly appreciate that. And just before we dive in, uh, do you prefer Zach or Zachary? It's a funny story, man. Uh, you could call me Zach. I thought when I got out of prison, man, that I had to be like straight, narrow with everything. So I was like, all right, my name is technically spelled Zachary. So that's how I'm a brand myself. So at this point, I'm just like, all right, we're just going to ride with it. Okay, fair enough. All right. So let's go back in time. Um, if I'm allowed to ask, what were you in prison for? Yeah, uh, to sum it up, <laughs> being a knucklehead, really um, didn't have any chief aim in life, was super young. Um, just made poor decisions and I own every single aspect of it. Uh, but the technical, like the actual felonies were stealing of a motor vehicle, uh, uh, two counts of stealing over 500, assault on a law enforcement officer and escape from custody. Sounds horrible. And, and, and it was, it was stupid, but, uh, it's also sounds a lot worse than on paper too, at the same time. Understood. Okay. So the longer version of that story could probably go in a book if it hasn't already. Now, <laughs> most people... You know, I am not a criminal justice expert. I know, here's my free disclaimer, I know nothing. But I would assume that most people, when they get out of prison for charges like that, don't grow multiple six-figure businesses, interview hundred, hundreds of famous entrepreneurs, and completely turn their life around. So what do you think were some of the key differentiators between you going, you know, 
going back to the old neighborhood, hanging out with the old crew and making more bad choices. Instead, what caused you to completely turn your life around? Because, you know, now you're kind of a role model. Man, I appreciate that. I honestly think the answer to that has to do with a little bit of dumb luck in the fact of how I was raised by my mom. I honestly believe that because what I mean by that is she spoiled me with affection, not like materialistic things, but she always built up my confidence, encouraged me and was there for me, you know, through all that. So I believe that played a part in it. And then also pure hustle on the other side as well. Um, so both of those matched up. So I feel like luck played a part of that, but I hit a point, man, where I went back to prison just 20 days before my twin sons were born. And for me, that was enough pain for me to, you know, look at things differently, move in a different direction. Okay. So you found an empowering reason to turn your life around. You had a why is, you know, you call it on your show. You had a compelling why you had enough leverage, the pain of being uh, incarcerated at that time to get you to want to change. How did you get started then in business? Because I would imagine that most ex-convicts, their first goal is probably halfway house or whatever the conditions of their parole is, minimum weight, you know, break-even job, just over broke, just to stay out of trouble. If they're trying to stay out of trouble, you did something I would imagine 90-something percent of them don't do. What inspired you? Other than the pain, how did you decide... I'm not going to do what they normally do. I'm going to start a business and change lives. Yeah, man. I, I knew when, while I was locked up that I wasn't going to uh, be able to get a normal job because uh, I actually had gotten fired from a job that I got a promotion at before I went back uh, for being their number one salesperson. Three days in the job, I sold 3,000 a whole store to 9,000 a retail store. And so I got a promotion. And then when that happened, they're like, human resource like oh this guy's an ex-convict red flag fire him and and that I, instead of me you know searching for other opportunity I, I i became an alcoholic and ended up going back to prison making poor choices but um so i knew that and so um and i had always been an entrepreneur at heart my whole entire life like i used to sell pokemon cards in in high school uh used to sell drugs used to sell t-shirts um always thrived in sales jobs so I, but I didn't know what even an entrepreneur was. So I knew I was going to have to start my own business. And the, and the plan was to sell these t-shirts that said, I heart Ferguson on them. Cause I'm from Ferguson, Missouri. And when I went back that second time, the uh, Michael Brown situation had happened while I was in prison and I'm seeing the stuff on CNN. I'm like, man, my neighborhood is nothing like they're portraying it to be on the media, but man, I'm, I don't know. Uh, this is going to be the way how I'm going to feed my kids. When I get home, I'm going to do this. And that's a, it's a hell of a business model though, Seth. It, it never panned out. But uh, long story short though, I got my start in network marketing and did that for about two years before I ended up moving on from that. Awesome. So you, network marketing, obviously, I'm assuming everyone who watches the show is familiar with a multi-level or network marketing opportunity, whether that be Amway or Zango or Melaleuca or Isogenics or any of the hundreds of companies out there that let you start a business without having to take all the risk. Um, most of them are primarily based on selling to your warm market or having a party or talking to everybody you know. So that didn't work out for you. What did you do next? Yeah, man. Uh, it's funny. Zango is the actual company I was in. Um, I consulted for Zango many years ago. That's awesome. Wow. <laughs> um, yes, yeah, so that's where I started. I did it. I actually did well 
because I was super hungry. Most people never make it in network marketing and you're exactly right. It, you don't take on, it, it's like halfway entrepreneurship. You don't take on all the risks. So it's like, there's no like burning of the shit. Yeah. I, yeah. I spent a couple hundred bucks. I bought a bunch of stuff. Yeah. I, not, I told everybody I know about it. I give up. No one ever says I'm going to build a real business and find a way to get strangers who've never heard of me to buy a product, get fulfillment, like automation, all the stuff that you talk about later on on your show. Yeah, man, exactly, dude. So, so I was making about almost 2000 a month, but I ended up losing my passion for it. And then my business fell apart and I was only making like 200 to, to 500 after auto ship. And that, you know, that was nothing. I was just hanging on by a needle and, and I was scared to let go of that safety net for a little bit, but eventually I was like, man, this just isn't for me. You know, I, I don't really resonate with the industry. I'm grateful for it, but it's just not my thing. And so I ended up trying to get into life coaching, Seth. And that was so funny because <laughs> I didn't know anything about marketing. I, I didn't know about solving a specific problem for a specific person, hadn't developed any type of skills. Um, you know, it was just seeing this whole Gary Vaynerchuk thing. I was like, oh, I could go do that or whatever. And, you know, I, um, I had in the next few years were really rough. And um, eventually, though, over time, I started developing actual skills and then which led me to to what I'm doing now. And that's a really long story in and of itself. But yeah. Awesome. And we'll tell everybody to read the book if there is one. So talk about how because you literally a lot of people there's a I get asked you ask me this question. I get asked the question all the time. If you had to start over with no connections, just knowing what you know, but like no hundred dollars in a laptop or something. You know, how do you start over? How do you go from scratch? You literally had to do that and start from scratch. So you talked about developing skills. What skills did you develop and how did you learn those given that the opportunities you had might have been different from those of us who hadn't had your criminal justice experience? Yeah, dude. The copywriting, dude, is like the skill to build. I mean, you could, if you, if you know, and not just copy, but just, just marketing and stuff, man, it's like, it's, it's to get the things going. Obviously you're going to have to develop more skills as your business grows and stuff, but to get it going, you know, that like that, that skill. So I, I, I developed that skill and I also developed a, a tangible skill like podcasting and then was able to, you know, turn that into a business over time. But really, I kind of dumb lucked my way into that as well. It was a, it was a crazy story on how it happened. Um, is it all right if I give you a little story real please, quick? Please, please tell us the story. All right, man. I think you'll appreciate this, man. Um, so I had, uh, I had broken through in the podcast. I mean, I got it ranked. I mean, everybody knows you can get it ranked just by getting reviews and stuff. So, but that blew my mind. I got it ranked on day three. I'm like, wow. And then so I hit up Billy Gina's marketing and had him on the show the next week. Well, before this, before the podcast, nobody would give me a shot at all. They're like, oh, this dude's, it's just a matter of time before he goes back to prison or whatever. And so I was, you know, upset with that. And, and that was kind of a few, little bit of fuel to my fire. But um, now, a week later, I got Billy Jean's marketing on the show. So I one week just went from nobody giving me a chance to interviewing some in, influential people. And so I started developing that skill as, as podcasting, but I still wasn't making money yet. Well, anyways, long story short, there's a guy that reached out to me. And he had this program that had, from what he said, um, 20 million in revenues and over a thousand successful graduates. It was on lead gen customer acquisition and scaling a business. And we took it, repurposed it, and we were putting this offer out and we were bringing people in. But I felt like a scumbag. I felt slimy, sleazy, because I'm sitting here trying to achieve what I was teaching by teaching it. And it was just backwards. And so I made a post on Facebook. I called myself out and said, hey guys, 
this is what we're doing. It's working, but I don't feel right doing it. So I'm pulling the plug. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to go back to the drawing board. But when I come back to the marketplace, I'm going to have something legit. And, um, and then that led to ended up landing on podcasts. But yeah, it was, it was, a, it was, it was crazy, man. So if I'm interpreting that correct, so I'll give you my version of that story was I saw, and I'll date myself, is seeing an ad in the classified section of the newspaper that said, learn how to make money with classified ads. And you mailed in a money order and they sent you one piece of paper going, run an ad that says how to make money with classified ads. And people send you money and you tell them, run an ad that tells you how to make money. And they said, that's not the business model I want to do, which is the exact same experience you had, which is you said, no, I want to bring something unique and different that I have learned and proven into the marketplace. And you learned copywriting, you learned marketing, you learned, um, you learned about podcasting and talk a little bit about the underdog empowerment show and all the amazing things it's led to for you. Cause you've obviously interviewed in addition to Billy Jean, who some of our listeners may know, but our folks who are not in the internet marketing space might not have heard of him, but you've interviewed some household names in the world at large, let alone the world at marketing. So kind of talk about the journey from, okay, I'm doing a podcast. I got it ranked. Um, I got Billy Jean to kind of where it's taking you now. Yeah, man. So after that, after that happened, when, when I say I'm not doing this some more, well, I had also at that time, dude, th this is, you know, a few years now removed from network marketing and we're backed up on our bills, credit cards, our max. We got four kids, our water is shut off. And I went and got this title loan on my Chrysler Aspen for $4,000 and title loans interest rates are pretty ridiculous, right? Everybody said I was crazy and stupid and just an idiot or whatever. And I took this $4,000 and I invested into this mastermind group uh, of a guy by, by Mitch, who I learned, you know, copywriting from, who I learned this skill set. And I didn't wave a magical wand and start making money overnight, but I started learning and developing this skill. And also the dumb luck part is I got invited to speak out an event at San Diego and, um, he asked me to, yeah, I told my story and he's like, Hey man, can you come up again tomorrow and talk about podcasts? I'm like, yeah, sure. No problem. You know, cause when you're in your business, you can't read the label on the outside. Right. Well, well I go up and talk about the next day and everybody talking about podcasts and stuff that I thought was just normal. And everybody's like, wow. And they're, they're lining up. I'm like, man, I might have something here. And so I took the skills that I developed through the copywriting and the skills that I had developed through podcasting and put out an offer and it's been game over ever since. And then that's where I actually broke through financially was uh with that skill that is awesome congratulations and talk a little bit about the because you built quite an amazing team talk a little bit about the team you've got working with you now too yeah man um that is something i'm so like <laughs> we were talking about it uh on my show like i'm currently reading all the all the books and and, and just diving in right now i'm reading your your world-class virtual assistant by michael hyatt i'm just trying to learn the systems aspect of it um and we're just breaking it down piece by piece but uh it's really it was weird to me at first, man. Like, you know, when you first start out, you're saying yes to everything. You're, you're, you're developing the skill and, you're, and, and your character and you're saying yes to every opportunity and just jumping on everything. And then you're throwing stuff at the wall trying to see what sticks and something finally sticks. Then you drive that home and you're still taking every growth opportunity. But then you hit that spot where I'm at right now where I just hit recently where you, you can't say yes to everything. You actually say no to most opportunities because you have to, not because you necessarily want to, but you have to in order to hit that next growth phase. And that's where, where we're currently at. And I'm really excited about developing uh, that skill and taking it to the next level. That is awesome. Congratulations on growing enough that you have that pain 
that you need to solve the next level because obviously when it's just you that's not quite you the only person you're managing is yourself and there's not as much pain the biggest pain is not enough clients and obviously you've solved that problem so that now you have to you need a team to help you deliver and then you have to solve the management problem so you can scale so congratulate there's always a bigger problem so the bigger you get the bigger problems you get to solve the more you get paid for it so you're <laughs> Um, I had to learn that lesson that there was actually a good thing to look forward to the next level of problems because you get paid more to solve them. So talk to us a little bit about how you are helping in the podcast space, how you are, you know, teaching others, how you are doing it for them, kind of like the secret, kind of like what makes you different from a number of the generic podcast booking or development companies out there. Yeah. Well, you know what, man? Um, and this is some uh, some of the uh, growing phase uh, pains too that we realize is that um, I wanted to take everything that I was doing with my own podcast and then offer it as a service. And how I messed up on that at first is that I just documented how I did it for myself and then tried to hire out those positions and to do it for clients. But what we're doing now, what we did now is I actually did that those tasks for clients and documented that part of onboarding the client and doing that. And, and so, so we learned from that, but basically though, we, we didn't want to just be a podcast production company or um, a, a podcast booking service, get you booked on other shows. We want what, what I've been able to do pretty, pretty well um, is to get in-person interviews with, you know, highly influential people like yourself um, and then record those and then, and just lock in those, and, and there's just so many benefits in that and of itself by just having that relationship. Right. But, um, so I, so I wanted to offer that as a service where, you know, we produce your podcasts, we get you ranked. Then we also get you booked on other podcast shows to grow your audience and grow your revenue. And then also to get high level celebrity type guests booked on your show for you. <laughs> and one, another mistake I learned is I, I started off only charging 1500 for that service. <laughs> and then my COO came on board and wanted to strangle me. He was like, what are you doing? Dude? He's like, <laughs> he's like, there's people that are charging that much just for production or whatever, but you know, you live and you learn, right? Absolutely. Very true. Um, and, 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 uh, applying the copywriting skill allows you to justify the higher prices, especially. So yeah. th that, that is absolutely awesome. What do you wish you had known when you started this? I wish I would have known that you didn't have to act like something that you're not and pretend to be further along than what you are, that it's actually better just to be straight up and tell people where you're currently at and people respect that, you know, cause like that's one of, that's our, our mission with, with our company is imagine our vision statement is imagine a world where you don't have to pretend to be something that you're not because all you see that is on Instagram all the time is these people taking pictures in front of rented Lambert and it's all fake and it's creating this imposter syndrome and good people are thinking that they need to do this. And then, so they end up doing it. And now, even though they have good intentions, they're still scamming people. And so we, we want to rid that and, and, and just show people that, Hey man, it's okay. If you're just starting out, if you're getting a late start in life or whatnot, what matters is if you're being real about it and you're doing it for the right reasons. Absolutely. I, I agree with that hundred percent. Now you've interviewed some amazing folks on your show. What's the best advice you've ever gotten? I would say, uh, Robert Green, yeah, you, and I'm, and, I, and I'm not saying this just because I'm getting interviewed by you. I, I really mean this. 
you gave the most practical piece of advice on starting a business ever on, on like when I asked you that question and you, and you gave that rundown, like picking a niche in podcasting, developing the skills. And like, that was like the most practical piece I've ever been given on that. Um, and then also I'd like to highlight Ro what Robert Greene said too on, on you, you got to develop character and skills and, and quit trying to skip these steps that can't be skipped. You know, we live in the world of the instant gratification where everybody, you know, be, even if they had the good intention, they're trying to skip stuff that just can't be skipped as part of the process. And, and if you want to have something that's legendary, that's going to live long, that's what you got to do. I think that makes a lot of sense. A huge fan of Robert Greene. I have, well, you can't see it, it's blocked, but I have all of his books on my shelf. Um, absolutely love his work. Um, very impressed with everything going on at Underdog Empowerment. For We know your time's incredibly valuable now. For our folks watching and listening who want to learn more about Underdog Empowerment, some of the amazing folks you've interviewed, and what you can do for them, where is the best place for us to send them? Uh, underdogempowerment.com. It's where the podcast lives, and I uh, hope to see you guys over there. And Seth, dude, thanks for having me on the show, man. This was a blast. Our pleasure. This has been Seth Green with Zachary Babcock of Underdog Empowerment. Thanks again so much for joining us. Do you need money to fund your idea, product, or service? Are you ready to take your business to the next level but need capital to get it done? Kevin Harrington has heard more than 50,000 pitches and knows how to help you make the perfect pitch to get the funding for your entrepreneurial dream. He's distilled the process down in his perfect pitch cheat sheet and it's yours for free. Just text PITCH to him right now at 727-888-2100. Text PITCH to 727-888-2100 right now and claim your free perfect pitch cheat sheet. Text pitch to 727-888-2100 to start funding your dream today. This show has been produced by Market Domination, LLC. To discover how you can have your own show completely done for you and turn it into a real published book and become the authority in your marketplace, go to www.marketdominationllc.com slash podcast offer. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.